Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Welcome to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel and I'm Nicole Saunders. Nicole, you just it just rolls off now. So you've done so you've done so many of these. I'm a pro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, how have you been? Good. You know, always busy. Um, but it's starting yeah. to get to be summer. This is like the, the really nice time for weather in Wisconsin. So that's been good. I've been getting out and gardening a little bit. Awesome. Uh, getting back on the bike, you know. Um, bicycle, not motorcycle. Um, but yeah, you know, I think probably a lot of people can relate to an experience that I've been having lately, um, which is kind of across the tech sector. We're seeing Hmm. things slow down. Companies are getting ready for this potential recession, you know, belts Mm -hmm. are tightening. A lot of regulations are going into place. Um, and I know for me, that's, that's put me into a place of doing a lot of evaluating of our work and, uh, our strategies and, and that kind of thing. So it's been interesting. It's been a couple of weeks of being really reflective on like, okay, what are our goals and objectives and what do we do and what is everybody's role exactly? And, and, and really evaluating that. And it's led to some, some good learnings and some stuff that's still in process. How about you? Yeah, have you been seeing that kind of thing happening? I have, I, I think that, you know, organizations and you see it on LinkedIn and other and news and stuff like that, that, you know, some organizations are going either through some layoffs or, you know, they're not hiring and, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm, the positive is from my standpoint, you know, community is ro- rocking and rolling. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it is also, um, creating a lot of, you know, work for myself because to, I'm still the only person in community and have multiple jobs and hats and things like that. So, yeah. you know, from a hiring standpoint, I think, you know, I can probably say this is at the moment we are, we are still hiring, but, you know, just more for specific roles, right? The more kind of key, key roles there. And, and so, you know, the outlook to get a community head is going to be probably extremely difficult. And so, you know, I'll just have to continue on doing what I'm doing, you know, but there's been so much demand or whatever lately that, you know, it's, and we kind of talked about this in the pre-show is how do you say no to certain things that come up, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's a challenge for me is because we talked about this earlier is you've got the goal for the community at the, or the, the thing that you do with community is you build the hype. You, you then show the value, you show it what it can do and people start seeing it and they want more and more and more. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's great when people actually want more and you get, you kind of do what you thought you were going to do, but then, you know, there comes a time to where, well, you can't do all those things. You know, yeah, what do you- it's a, the last thing you want to do is like get people all excited and then they finally come to you and you're like, oh no, we can't do that. <laughs> right. You don't, you don't <laughs> want to have that sort of disconnect, but it's also true that like you can't do everything. And especially if you're in a situation where like you're not able to hire or hire as much as you thought, or if you're going through a budget tightening exercise, mm-hmm. or if there's even just more scrutiny on, on the work that you're doing, you have to start getting really strategic. And I've absolutely had that experience of like, I want community to be everything to everybody at the company. And, you know, we're going to go to a road show and tell everybody how they can engage with us and everything that we can do. And then all of a sudden, like 30 different people want to do events with you. And you're like, Oh, 
actually I can only do five. Uh, yeah. How do I pick? I gotta now be strategic. I gotta figure out what to say no to and how to do it in a way that doesn't make people feel like, oh, well, no, yeah, the community team said no, so I'm not working with them anymore. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, uh, well, it's kind of like anything, like we're not the only ones in the business that have that problem. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can imagine, um, you know, sales folks maybe saying to marketing that, Hey, we don't do enough events or, Hey, we need to do campaigns on this thing. And, or, you know, there's always opinions out there and, and maybe it's, it's more about, and I've been thinking about this too. And you tell me what you think. It's more about, community leaders like us learning to do what everybody else is doing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and becoming business leaders and, and being seen internally as the business lead, you know, yeah. and community kind of being the, the part of the business, you know, well, and, and sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it all comes back to being strategic and your strategy mm-hmm. and knowing what does fall in your wheelhouse and what doesn't and community can do so many things and be part of so many programs. And it's where you have to start to prioritize. And, you know, to your point, when I think about other teams of the company, you know, if I want something from this team, I got to submit a request for it a quarter ahead of time. And then they prioritize things and tell me what they can and can't do. And my team should function in a similar way. And yet we've always just sort of bent over backward to try to accommodate everybody at all times because we want to be those good partners and we want people to engage in community and see it as a valuable channel. But yeah, it, there are points in time where you either get too busy or where things get too tight for you to be able to just accommodate everything on the fly. And so you have to know what is my strategy? What are my priorities? What do we do? What don't we do? And what don't we do right now? Um, and so, you know, we've been really kind of looking back at our strategy saying, okay, really, what is it that we do? What is the the nugget that is at the center of what our team is all about? Yeah, it, I think that's so important because, you know, the last thing you want to do is do so many things that you're not effective. And so what's right. going to make the biggest impact? So that's where the strategy comes in and saying, well, today we're focusing on, you know, um, community-led growth. Okay, well, what does that mean? And then that's the, the activities that drive community-led growth will be what we're focused in on. And that's it, right? You know, not, you know, how do we do this event? How do we do that event? Nope. Does this kind of fit into what we're trying to do? And, you know, something I've been learning as of late is, and, and again, I'm learning and I'm on the marketing team. I report into the CMO, you know, but I've got to work with his leaders and, you know, the hard part is, so I've created this really cool thing. You know, it's, it's a webinar program. I call it the Realtio Community Shows. And, you know, I have uh, uh, shows almost every week now, you know, and, and it's, it's a time suck. But what marketing wants or certain people in marketing and, you know, it's kind of leading to this is how do we kind of pull this all together, right? Like if we're doing campaigns and Chris, you're doing a community uh, show on let's say data quality, but we're not, and you're doing it on data quality in June, but we have this whole campaign going out on data quality in July, you know, you know, you kind of missed it, you know what I mean? And so how do you strategically insert yourself? So it's more of those kinds of things. Like Mm -hmm. how do I play well with marketing? It's well, some degree I've got to like stop thinking, okay, I need all these shows, which is helpful to the community, which is very important how do I also think about working with the business and making the biggest impact 
from our business standpoint rather than, hey, you know, all I care about is our community and what the community is doing. Yes, that's important. And you should think that way. But you should also think, and somebody told me this today, actually our CEO, Chris, you do a really great job of this. What, what you know, really kind of getting the community going. He goes, what you need to work on is the internal business, right? Not, mm-hmm. not that you're not working well with, you know, individual contributors and everything else, but how do you do the same thing that you're doing outside of, uh, you know, you know, with the customers, partners, and even on LinkedIn and the stuff that you do, how do you do that internally too, at the leadership standpoint, if you want to move your career further, that's what you're going to have to do. Or he goes that from, that's my view. And I was like, Jesus, that was harsh, but that was good. <laughs> I mean, sometimes the harshest feedback can be some of the most useful, right? It can be hard to, hard to it hear was. that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if I got off there, but that was okay. kind of what was on my mind a little bit around the business piece. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's all part of the same story, right? Which is that, um, and, and I think this is a topic that we've sort of touched on a couple different times in different aspects, which is really that as community is becoming a bigger part of businesses and business strategies, community professionals really have to start to level up to not just being really good at community, but being good at business. That's right. right? And understanding the relationship between the community and the business and starting to tie those things together. And whether that is helping to manage an internal community as well as an external community, bringing insights and reporting from the community and raising those up and sharing those out across the company. You know, I know early in my career, I was always like, well, everything I do is public. Like if anybody's interested in the community, they can just go look at it. Right. But like, that's not really what the business needs. What the business needs is me going in every week and saying, okay, we've answered this many questions. Here are the topics that customers are really concerned about. Here's a really interesting product suggestion that came out of the community. Uh, There's a group of users that are kind of upset about this thing that we did that we need Mm -hmm. to rectify with them. Those are the insights that a business really needs us to draw in and bring into it. And again, aligning it with the priorities and the strategy, right? It's not just, oh, there's 37 posts in the community this week. So what? Okay, great. And what if I can say, hey, there were 37 posts in the community that were about this product launch that was a big part of our strategy last week. And here's what they said and how they feel about it. Yeah. Totally different context, right? Now that's got some meaning. Now that aligns to something that's a key you know, business strategy or a key driver. Yeah, it's, it's such a good point. I, I like that. And I also think that, you know, wh- while we're on strategy, you've really got to focus in on how does your um, community strategy tie into the business goals, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, community can touch almost every piece of the organization, almost every piece, even HR, you know, you can get people engaged to help answer questions oh, yeah. and they get excited about that and they can do certain things, but there's, there's a lot of different parts of the business. But if you're more strategic around what are you trying to accomplish with community, um, you know, and as it grows, you can start touching more parts of the organization, whether it's marketing or customer success or support or, you know, whatever, um, you know, I, I think that, that is the key. And then, you, like you said, communicating the value, bringing those stories and those, those community type things that, hey, you know, here's some trends, here's some things. But it's also saying, you know, uh, community led to 
50 leads this month, which mm -hmm. would be great. Or, and, and then proving it out, you know what I mean? Like this is hard shit. And, you know, this is a journey again, because communities are starting to do this, you know, uh, case deflection is a good strategy, you know, to have, I know it's not a sexy one, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a huge opportunity, you know, to, if you can prove that out, say, you're, you know, your community is saving a million dollars a year or whatever the money is. I mean, who doesn't want to hear that, you know, depending on your audience, um, you know, you might not go to a marketing person or CMO and say, Hey, we're saving support this much. It's great. So what are you doing for marketing? You're, you're, you know what I mean? So it's always talking about the language too, of the people you're, you're with. Well, and you know, what I'm hearing there is a couple of things. One is, and like we could clearly do many podcasts just on the data piece, right? Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. how do you get your hands on your data? How do you use it? What are the metrics? What are the KPIs? Are you measuring the things that are actually your primary objectives? Yeah. You know, there's that whole, like, you're going to get what you measure. <laughs> yeah. And so make sure you're, you're doing that and make sure you can tell the impacts. And so there's, there's the whole data piece. There's also that piece of, you know, the community can touch so many parts of the business. And ideally, as things grow, you grow your team and you start to reach more and more. I think that many community teams have this tendency to try to like spread ourselves super thin and like, yeah. I'm going to touch all the parts of the business at once. You know, I've often felt like a lot of community programs are sort of like raising a tent where you like, you get all the tent poles and you got to lift it all at once, right? There's this whole ecosystem. <laughs> but like, if you don't have... The, I've done it. I, look, I yeah, it's, I'm I'm guilty at done times. It, you know, you know, hands on all six tent poles by yourself, right? <laughs> Got yeah, one, one of your foot and one of your teeth. Uh, no. Um, Anyways, but that's one of the things that we've been looking at is like we've done a really good job of getting ourselves integrated into many parts of the business, right? We work with product, we work with voice of the customers, marketing, we work with sales, we work with customer education and training. We're on the marketing team. We have a huge role in support, and now we're getting to that point of oh, wow, we are doing a lot of different things. What are the most important? And so one of the exercises that we're going through is measuring impact. Yeah. We're looking at all of the different projects we've started. You know, oh, we've got this space in the community we created to just for product managers to write about what they do at the product and tell people about it. And, oh, we have this recognition program over here. And, oh, we were trying to bring these aspects of training into the community. And so now we're going back and looking at okay, of all this content we're creating, what's getting page views and what isn't? Yeah. And like one thing that we found is we were spending a lot of time very carefully, thoughtfully handcrafting this mm. beautiful content. It was getting like no page views. And the reason it wasn't getting any page views, one is a little bit of that SEO thing, right? Yeah. But a big part of it was that we weren't, we hadn't built out the strategy for how we were going to promote that content. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing this great content and we knew it was super useful but then it was just getting posted and sitting there. It wasn't going out in any marketing. It wasn't getting posted on social media. We weren't sharing it. And so that was one of the things we looked at and said, okay, we either, we have two choices here. We can build out that promotion strategy and make sure we're really driving con you know, traffic towards this content yep. and that it's getting out there and it's getting used, or we can just stop this activity. What we can't keep doing is spending a lot of time building out content that's not Nobody's really going anywhere. And you know, it's not because it's not good content. It's just because nobody knows it's there, right? Yep. And, you know, so is we're it, doing that. Is your community open? Is it like? It is. You, okay. Yep. Got it. Yep. It's open to the public. So it's, you know, it's primarily customers that interact there, but anybody yep. can come in and check it out. And I, I think it's great for prospects, right? They can come I guess I was, sorry, 
the the reason I uh, think about that is yeah. I do a lot of that too, and and uh, and I think that one is there's technical SEO type stuff that can be done, and yeah. whether or not you kind of manage that or somebody helps you manage that, if nothing, then I would certainly kind of look at that. Maybe you are, but that's that's key. So one of the key things to me in, in creating content like that is so that people can find a, a question that they have and answer it on Google. You know, and Google answers mm-hmm. it because I always say this is if you don't have the content. Um, if somebody searches for you on Google about your product, you know, has a question about it and they don't see it there, it's a very frustrating experience. They don't want to go to, you know, docs.relto.com, support.relto, you know, whatever. They don't want to go to those sites. They're going to Google on purpose. Yep. And so now they have to figure out where to go at Zendesk or Relteo or whatever to get the question answered. And then they probably search in different places and can't find it. And maybe eventually they find it, but is a very frustrating experience. And then when they do find it on Google, they're not excited about it. They're just expected. <laughs> you know, so what I wonder is, um, and maybe you thought about that, but is if they're searching on Google and they're not finding the answer and maybe the content's not really helpful anyways, because maybe not helpful content, I don't know, but uh, it could be an SEO problem, like an SEO technical problem within, you know, your systems or whatever. I mean, I think there's, there's part of that, you know, I know for us, part of it is like, this is new stuff. And so yeah. it takes time to build up the, the yeah. SEO. Yeah, a long time. The Google juice, as, it, as we like to call it, right? Yeah. Like, uh, so that's, that's a piece of it. Yeah. But, you know, the bigger point is really just like how important it is to regularly look at sort of the portfolio of all of the work that you or that your team is doing. By the way, evaluate, thank you for bringing like, this back. Yeah. <laughs> always. I'm always like, come on, Chris, over this way. You're getting this to, the you know, sorry about that. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, these are all like important aspects of it, right? And yeah. And so, and that is part of that valuation. Okay. Is it an SEO problem? Is it a promotion problem? Are we not putting this in the right format? Should it live somewhere else? But the key thing there is that we can't just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Like once we've recognized like, okay, this isn't really delivering, we either have to do something different or we should stop doing it. And it is, absolutely. I think that's the hardest thing sometimes, especially when there's something that you feel really deeply is like, oh man, this Passionate is going to be like so great for my members yeah. and they're going to love it so much. And then if it doesn't work the way that you were expecting, Sometimes it's like, well, maybe if I just do it a little bit more <laughs> and, yeah. and really what you have to do is evaluate what's working about it, what's not. And I think when we get into these periods of time where we have to start being like extra strategic, right. Um, whether it's because you're delivering something or your organization's going through a change or, you know, like you're saying at the top, like maybe you've got a budget cut or maybe you don't, didn't get headcount you were counting on or something yeah. like that. You have to really dial in. And the first thing to do is look at what am I doing right now? How much of it aligns with my top priorities? Yeah. What is the stuff I'm doing that doesn't really align? And then of all of those things, what's working and what isn't? I mean, you got to either, you got to take the things that aren't working and either figure out what's going to make them work or scrap them. You can't just keep letting them zombie on because they're just going to weigh you down and hold you back. And so I'm really excited to see. I'm, my team and I are doing a little exercise right now where we're all keeping track of where we're spending our time. Right. We're basically filling out timesheets and it's, it's not a fun exercise. Are you, are you writing peers over beers? Yeah. <laughs> I think this falls in brand awareness campaigns okay. um, or maybe professional development. Professional uh, development's good. I like it. I'll put a subcategory though. Um, 
Well, and you know, I do have people qualifying, like, you know, how much time are they spending on professional development and reading books and listening to podcasts? Because I think that is part of your job. It's sure. a really important part of your job. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see because I suspect what we'll find, and I suspect most teams would find this, is that most of us probably spend most of our time not actually working on our top priorities, right? Mm. If you say, like, these two programs are my top priorities, but you're only spending like eight hours a week total on them. And then you're spending a whole bunch of time checking your emails and organizing your tasks and being in meetings and things. And so the reason I'm doing this is really just so that we can have a good discussion and an informed discussion about where we're spending our time, where are the things that are inefficient that we could maybe automate or stop doing or hand off to other people. Um, and how can like we it. refocus so that we're actually spending most of the time working on the things that we've stated are our key priorities and our key deliverables this year. And I, I think this is something that we all imagine we would do on a regular basis, but you actually really have to stop and take a couple of weeks and sit down and look at it and talk through it and make sure that you are spending most of your time working on the things that are the highest priority. Um, and this is like not a community specific thing. This is for anybody, but I think it's particularly helpful for community teams because we get pulled in so many different directions. Such a, such a good point. And, you know, I, I kind of find myself here, 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 and here at times. And totally, you know, and, and, and you're like, right now that's important right now. That's important. Right. But if you kind of look back and you start thinking, but I have this thing that I have to get done over the year, you know, am I making headway to this year, you know, of getting these goals and things like that done? It's everything that I'm working on for the most part, I'm not saying you don't do one-off whatever things, you know, but is it aligning with that, like you said, the, st the strategy that you're trying to accomplish and the, the roadmap that you've put together for your teams to go and accomplish? And if it doesn't, then you kind of know where you can cut. I'm not saying that mm -hmm. you just cut everything, you know, because life is life, right? You got to go to right. meetings sometimes and you got it, but you can say, you know, I'm going to these meetings every week and really doesn't align to what I'm trying to accomplish today or the year. So you can easily at some point say, look, I can't go to this meeting anymore. It's not, I'm not going to be able to accomplish my goals. And, and then that gives you more time back to be able to accomplish those things. It allows you to prioritize. I love that you're doing that because yeah. it's so easy to get off. Like it, it's just, Oh yeah. I mean, your example right at the top of the podcast, right? Oh, somebody came to me and they had this special project. And they wanted me to do it. And I felt like it was really important to say yes to them. Yeah. But does it align with the community strategy? And I think the really cool thing is like, once you really focus on your strategy and once you know your priorities, mm -hmm. it creates space to be able to say no. If you don't yeah. know what your strategy is and somebody comes to you and says, oh, can we do this special thing? You're like, uh, yeah, I guess so, sure. But if you say, yep. you know what? I love that idea. It really doesn't align with our strategy right now. So I maybe it's important. It in, in July or, you know, yeah. I think this will really align with the stuff that we're going to Q3. Let's put it there. And it creates a really great way for you to be able to start to control your time. Yeah. And to be able to know what to say yes and no to and why. Why are you saying yes or no to things? Yeah. I think too is like if I had a team, <laughs> what, you know, just from this conversation, something I would say is, you know, if you don't know the strategy, uh, one, have one. And then two is if you don't know it, backwards and forwards, because maybe you're not the one as a community manager putting that together. Maybe your leader is or whatever, or you're helping or whatever it is. 
maybe you should go back and continue to look at that and saying, well, does, do these kind of tactical things or whatever align with what I'm trying to do? Because sometimes mm-hmm. I have to go back to my own strategy and think, you know, I'm supposed to accomplish, you know, this many references, this many whatever. And I'm like, what am I doing to do that? You know, like I haven't done anything yeah. lately. Yeah. To do I mean, that. It's so, like you're a runner, right, Chris? Yeah. And if you were getting ready for a race, it'd be yeah. a real bummer if you got to the day before a race day and you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't really train. I was doing, I was doing some, <laughs> I got distracted by other things, yeah. right? No, I if did- you're running a race, you've got a schedule of like, yeah. I'm doing a two hour run on Tuesday. I'm doing active recovery on Wednesday, yeah. I'm doing strength training on Thursday. Like you have that and you know that you have to hit almost everything in your plan so that you'll be ready for that race. And yet a lot of us approach work, like we'll put out our plan and our goals for the year. And then we take off moving and we never <laughs> do yeah, like, we forget hey, to go I, back. Am I we sticking to my to training back. plan? <laughs> Exactly. We forget to go back to the plan and kind of look at that. And that's what the roadmap's for and, and to really kind of keep you on track. And, and probably yeah. as a leader, it's something that you should go over with your team, you know, every so often to say, hey, look, here's our roadmap. This is what we're getting, you know, this is where our strategy is. And then this is how we're going to accomplish it. Let's make sure we're on track. And, and I like how you're kind of, you know, in a sense, tracking some of the, you know, everybody's tracking sort of what they're doing. And, you know, then it probably allows you as a leader to say, great you know, what, what are some of those things that, you know, here, here's our goals, but so-and-so mentioned, or maybe you don't, maybe you look at your own self and say, I've been doing these things, right? And that looks like I probably shouldn't be doing these three things that I've been doing for the last, I don't know, however long. So I'm going to stop doing at least one or two of them. What are some of yours that you're trying to, you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking out loud because, because this helps me to be honest, like, be selfish. Hey, I'm here for it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of bouncing that thought, you know, yeah. uh, to even my further kind of thinking, because I think that, uh, I think that's so important, you know? Um, and I don't, I don't do it enough to be honest. I should, but I don't, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would say this is probably the first time I've really put my team through it rigorously where we actually yeah. have like, okay, we're going to track our time and then we're going to look at our goals and we're going to figure out what aligns and what doesn't and where there's gaps, right? Maybe there's something we're really trying to accomplish and nobody's working on it right now Mm, because we're all doing other things or we all think somebody else is doing it. Um, And so I think it's, it's just, it's an important exercise and I'm really excited to see what the outcome of it is. I feel like, I think for my team, it's going to really help us feel really clear on what we're doing, how we're working together, um, you know, how we're going to get to and accomplish the things that we're accomplishing and again, yeah. it gives us that ability to, to say no or to recognize like, hey, that is a great idea. Let's put that on a backlog. And next time we're doing strategy, let's talk about how we can incorporate it. Hmm. But right now we don't have space to add anything else. Yeah. Is that hard to, for you to say, don't do that anymore to your team? Oh, it's or? so hard. It's the worst. <laughs> Especially <laughs> like if it's something that, you know, we... I hear the quote a lot, like communities built by doing things that don't scale. Right. And that's so true, especially early on, mm-hmm. you got to be super hands-on and do things that like work when you have a hundred members that would not work if you had 10,000 members. Yeah. Um, and so I think the hardest thing is when we've got those things where we're like, man, this is like super awesome impact for these six people. And you're like, okay, but we got to serve like 600 now. <laughs> so like, yeah. I hate to tell you not to do that thing because I know that it is super valuable for those six people, 
but we can't keep focusing on just those six people. You gotta, yeah. you gotta get out there a little bit broader or, Hey, we're gonna have to put it on pause and come back to it. And so that's hard. And it's also, I know for me, I like to give my team members the opportunity to learn the things they want to learn and pursue what they're interested in, in the context of their jobs. Yeah. And so I'm constantly sort of like trying to figure out how we can organize our work in such a way to create opportunities for people to build the skills that they want to build, get the experience they want to experience. And so that's why it can be tough sometimes to say no, yeah. right? Because maybe somebody really wants to learn something. And I'm like, man, I get that. And I see where it would be valuable for you. And we can't do it right now. <laughs> like it just, that's just way outside of the wheelhouse of what we're trying to do this year or this area. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've already had some conversations. Like I had one team member where I looked at it, I was like, you are leading seven major projects. <laughs> seven. That means you can spend an hour on each of them every day and you'd only get five hours a week on any of your projects. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be successful doing that. We got to figure yeah. out how to get you down to three or four. And it was so hard to like pick, yeah. right? Like what are the things that you're like, yeah, we really should do that, but it's, not something we can accommodate right now. It's not in the strategy. It's not going to accomplish what we want it to. Yeah. But let's talk about what happens if you don't do that, right? You end up with all of these things that are sort of like, maybe they get 80% done. Maybe you get an MVP out the door and you're never able to do the version two. Hmm. You get something that launches and then just sort of sits there and doesn't go. And so the key to it happens. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) gosh, I, you know, I've got examples of these things probably from every job ever, right? I'm sure Mm -hmm. all of us do. And so when you're thinking about like, gosh, I really want to deliver something. I want to see this through all the way to fruition. I want to have it be really Mm -hmm. successful. It means excluding other things. And, you know, another quote I came across this week that I really liked, I want to say this came from like a Tom Hanks article that was going around one of the business publications. Um, But it was the recognition that everything you say yes to means that you're saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. And I'd never thought about it that way. I just kept being like, I just, I have infinite yeses. I can just yes everything, right? And that's <laughs> sure. not true. And so the question really there is like, are you saying yes to things? Like so many things that you're not actually say, able to say yes to the most important thing. So you're so smart. It's, that is really good. <laughs> I read a lot. <laughs> I probably should read some. <laughs> I don't have time because I'm doing too much yesing. I, uh, I, I yeah, too <laughs> Doing too much yesing. That's going to be our new like catchphrase here. Um, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I listen to a lot of stuff. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts and books and things while I'm out walking or gardening or something like that. Sometimes I have to remind myself, like, it's okay to just not listen to anything and just have like a Zen moment, <laughs> you know, and constant input. Um, but, you know, it does help bring some of these insights together. And, and I, I love learning that stuff. No, I, I think that's awesome. And, you know, I think that any way you can kind of focus in on one, your career, your personal growth and things like that is highly important. You know, one of the things that helps me for my personal growth is things like this is talking to people like you, because you come with, you read, you, you listen to smart people, you know, all the time. And so, but you know, you're doing this for a living as well. Right. And so some of this stuff really helps me. But, you know, I, I encourage everyone to have their outlet to one. Look, you don't have to think about work all day, every day, you know, and you shouldn't, yeah. you know, on your time off. Okay. Maybe you're doing personal growth and trying to be better at business. Fair enough. But, you know, 
go do some runs, go do some biking, go do whatever it is that, you know, uh, is fun to you. Play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. But whatever that is, do it. Have fun. Well, you know? Your brain needs that that time to oh. rest and be creative. And, you know, um, it's interesting doing this time tracking exercise because I realized the day I took a, a walk before work, um, which I try to do most days. And I spent the entire walk thinking about strategic things for work. Yeah. And so when I got back, I wrote that down. I spent an hour doing strategic planning this morning before work. And it, it's really helped me realize like, oh gosh, I might only work eight or nine hours a day, but I might think about work another two or three outside of that. I'm saying, I, yeah. It's, it's not that that's a major problem, but it's also a recognition that like, you know, mm-hmm. you do need that break time. You do need those gaps. And also that, you know, professional development should be part of your work day. It shouldn't be, I work 40 hours and then I go take a class or I work 40 hours and then I go read a business book. And so when I created the, my, my time tracking sheets for my team members, I actually put professional development at the top of the list. Oh, you have time tracking. Okay, that's interesting. Well, I mean, this is this exercise we're going through. It's oh, basically a spreadsheet, it. but that was the first thing I put down is how much time are you guys spending listening to a podcast, reading a book, going to a webinar, talking with peers in the industry? And I suspect most people are going to find that it's very little. Yeah. And I want them, I want everybody to be spending time every day. You should have a couple of hours a week where you're out in the industry learning yeah. these things, or you're reading up on a business book, or you're having coffee with people to learn about what they do, because that's going to make your work better. It's going to inform you, mm-hmm. but it doesn't just happen on the fly. And I think that's the biggest mistake a lot of people make. They feel like I got to be productive all day, every day, I've got to get my tasks done and they don't spend enough time kind of zooming out and thinking about their work. And, and that's really what ultimately is going to help you grow in your career, be more impactful with your work. And it keeps you interested. Like you and I are both clearly very passionate about community. We're sitting here Mm -hmm. nerding out about it (laughs) every couple of weeks. I mean, you do it every single week, but if you don't take the opportunity to do these things, sometimes, (laughs) wow. Um, a true, a true athlete of podcasting right there, <laughs> you know, um, it's yeah, but yeah, like you that. gotta, you gotta have those opportunities. You gotta build that into your work day. It counts. That's part of your work. You know, I agree. I mean, I feel like I need lots of personal growth and, you know, when I kind of looked at, uh, one, when Michael passed away, you know, I was doing mm-hmm. the podcast with him and yeah. things like that. I thought, you know, something I wanted to do anyways was talk to leaders like yourself in the industry, right? And, you know, and, and just one, give you a platform. Two, I wanted to learn, you know, because to me, he was the smartest person I knew around community. And, you know, he helped me in my career and that's why we did it. But then I was like, I still want to learn. I still want, you know, and that mm-hmm. was really an opportunity there. And, you know, I do sometimes twice a week, you know, to do these podcasts because, you know, I want the opportunity doing these podcasts are really difficult. Sometimes it's not difficult, but it, you know, it's a lot of time and effort. You know, you got to think about cutting some of this. Sometimes you want some quick hits sometimes, you know, so it's nobody else, but me doing it, but it's, but it's so beneficial to me that, uh, and, and, and it's also extremely helpful. I think like others like to be on podcasts, you know what I mean? And so great. You love to be on the podcast, Nicole, me too. You know, like why not get together and I get, I've got to know, know you, like I can reach out to you, uh, in, in a month and say, Hey, I really need your help. What do you think about this? You know, and you, you would probably reply back within, you know, the, the, a day or two, you know, oh, say, yeah. oh well, how about, about this? this and that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> now I have a whole network of community leaders that can help me solve problems. Like sometimes Scott, you know, he'll get on here and, and I'll be like, hey, what does this really mean? Like I heard this thing and I don't even know, you know, like, should I be doing this or I don't know, whatever. And, and you just have somebody to go to in a network that will, will reply to you instantly, you know? Well, and it's so valuable, you know, one, because it's so important to get diverse perspectives, right. And have yeah. a number of different people you can tap into, but also you're the only community person at your business, right? Exactly. And I think for so many of us, um, we're often the top community expert, you know, yeah. we, we may mm -hmm. have more depth and experience in community than our own managers, um, yeah. because community typically, you know, it's still pretty rare for there to be a chief community officer or even a VP of community. That's and right. therefore you need other community professionals that you can lean on when you're facing these problems where it's like, okay, I could talk to my boss about it, but I'd have to explain like all of this context yeah. for them to have in order for them to help me through this decision. But if you can go tap into another community professional that, okay, yeah, I know what that kind of a thing is. Let's dive into the problem exactly. solving. That can be really, really, really valuable. And, you know, it's, it's part of why, like, like you said, you, you do this with the podcast. I try to have conversations like this with other community professionals a couple of times a month, just awesome. have coffee, pick their brain, get to know them. And it's, it's something I really encourage all of my team to do too, because it's, that's been the single best thing for my personal growth or my professional growth really is. This is just been sharing knowledge with other people. It's, it, you know, it's so funny. People are like, so what communities do you participate in? I'm like, community manager communities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <It's very meta. laughs> it kind of is, right? Um, that's funny. Um, well, Nicole, this has been really, really good. I hate to yeah. cut this off, but. I know, you know we could uh, keep going for hours, but we, people probably don't want to listen to a three hour long podcast. Huh? Yeah, I don't, you know, I think 40 or 50 minutes is probably uh, good enough. Pretty good. I used, Pretty good. Yeah, I think so. Quick, <laughs> easy. So, well, thanks everyone for tuning in for, uh, to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel and I'm Nicole Saunders. Thanks again, Nicole. Thanks, Chris.